little bit earlier this week, I was out having lunch with one of my priest friends. We were just over at the Libertyville restaurant, the Liberty restaurant, one of my favorite hangouts on Milwaukee Avenue. And we were just like this, well, not like this, but we had, uh, you know, clergy suits on, clothes. And we were outside in a tent. They've got a nice outside area there. And coming down Milwaukee Avenue is this guy. He's walking by himself, pretty determined. He was a man on a mission. He had his mask on. And he saw us from the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, he calls out, Hey, fathers, fathers, hey, fathers. And I'll be brutally honest. At that moment, I was thinking to myself, because you try to make a snap judgment. And I figured, okay, here it is. There's something about the cardinal he doesn't like, or there's something about Pope Francis he doesn't like, or he wishes we would open the churches up more, or why are we doing this, or where does the church get off doing that? And he comes up to us and pulls his mask down, and he says, Fathers, I've got this really good friend. He's over in Condell. You know, he's really sick with COVID. Um, you know, where is God in all of this? I'm really struggling to understand that. So I'm feeling pretty small and yet pretty wonderful at the same time. And we talked with him for a little bit. I asked if we could pray and we prayed right there on the street. It's been a long time since I've done that. And then he went on his way. My ways are not your ways. It's a theme that kind of runs through the readings today. You get it first in Isaiah, where the my is Yahweh speaking to the people of Israel. And then, in its own way, you get it in the gospel, where clearly the master of the vineyard is sort of representing that same God, the Father of Jesus, who lays it out there. Are you bent out of shape because I'm generous to somebody else? Let me do what I want to do. And think about why you've got a problem with that. It's amazing how, when it comes to God, we more or less decide the way things are. And then we sort of take our own opinions and we baptize them. And what I mean by that is we convince ourselves that that must be the way it is with God. Now, that usually doesn't mean we get up and we analyze theology and come up with some counter-argument. But it means that all those things we've heard all our lives, we pray about, we sing about in hymns, we've heard about, and whatever kind of religious education we've received, it's just sort of there and it kind of washes over. But when push comes to shove, and we're really at those moments of decision, I don't want to speak for everyone in this room, but I'll speak for myself. A lot of times, it's just my simple visceral humanity that comes to the surface, like it did in that simple little scene, five minutes over at the Liberty restaurant. Okay, I know what this guy's all about. And it wasn't that I was just judging him as a human being. He seemed perfectly fine. But I was judging where he was in the church, simply because he called me out in a literal sense of the word. It's interesting how we use that expression, he called me out, implying that somebody is really about to let us have it. But he called me out of myself in the most wonderful way. And everything that I had more or less concluded about where this guy fit into my current feeling and image of the church 
was suddenly just ripped to shreds and the beauty of what I say the church is all about came shining through. Simple thing, okay, but it's obviously stuck with me. And as I was looking at the readings for today, it just kind of came roaring up in my mind and heart. So how do we see things with God's eyes? How do we let God's ways be our ways? And of course, that's never going to happen perfectly because we're not God. How do we get to the point where God's generosity doesn't make us envious or jealous? You know, I work over in the seminary, and so I hear all the time from all different angles, the church should do this, you should teach them that. Where does Father get off saying that? Do you know what the Pope said? And my own heart, as I listen to that, sometimes becomes cynical or hardened. We've all got opinions, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But I always like to say Jesus is an equal opportunity offender. And sooner or later, there's going to be something that comes up that we are sure God couldn't possibly mean. It's interesting, if you just look at Catholic positions on any number of things, about 50% still of Catholics, when they do polls, are in support of capital punishment. About 50% of sacramental weddings wind up in divorce. Higher percentage of Catholics in support of abortion. Higher percentage even then in support of any number of things that we might say, well, that's not what the church says. And why do we form the opinions that we do? And a lot of times it's because we have a sense of, well, this is what's just. This is the way things ought to be. And I'm not here to tell you you should think this way or that way, because I can't do it in this form. I would have to know who you are. We would have to talk. That's what discernment is. Catholicism is not a spectator sport. But what I do know is that every time I find myself saying, why is it written this way? Why wasn't it done that way? Why can't the bishops just come out with a letter that addresses this point? Why is there such deafening silence? What I really need to do first, and I don't always do it, is to sit down and say, well, what if God's ways are different? Is there something inside of me that's being called to conversion? And maybe at the end of the day, in my humanity, I don't embrace that way or that position. But do I have the humility to say, and that's because I'm just struggling with it in my own humanity. It's not because I found some flaw in God's reasoning. And how do we get that perspective? How do we get a little closer to God's perspective? By things like what we're doing here, praying together as a community, receiving the sacraments. It's not magic, it's not voodoo, but it does affect our very hearts and minds if we're open to it. But we also learn God's ways, interestingly enough, through one another, oftentimes without even realizing it. That guy going to see his friend at Condell, I'm sure the last thing he was thinking was, oh, I'm helping Father John know the ways of God. But boy, that's exactly what was happening. And if we think about it, there are people in our lives who have helped us in that way. Maybe they're with you all the time. Maybe you call them husband or wife or daughter or son or mother or father or good friend or even boss. But maybe it's just one little encounter with someone that you'll never see again. 
Maybe someone you just spent 20 seconds or five minutes with. But honor that moment if it comes up on a little reflection. Spend some time in prayer with it. Talk about it with someone else, just like I'm talking about my encounter with you. I promise you that's how God's ways begin to surface. As I said at the start of this Mass, there'll be a collection today in support of the seminary where I live. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that generosity, but I also want to tell you how much even more I appreciate what you share with our seminarians because, as I'm sure many of you know, you host them here, and that's been happening now for several years. That's how they learn God's ways, as much as they hear it from any of us in their classes. It's one thing to talk about the sacrament of marriage. It's another thing to encounter someone who's living it or who desires it with a good heart or who is struggling in the midst of it. It's one thing to hear about the beauty of what a parish can be. It's another thing to see what it looks like on the corner, in this town, at this place, glory and warts and all. That's how you help them see God's ways. And I can't thank you enough for that. But also realize you do it for each other. And ultimately, that's what we're all called to do. So I guarantee you, before we gather next Sunday at this time, you're going to have your own version of the guy who calls you out on Milwaukee Avenue. It may not be as direct and out in the open as that, but it'll happen. Those encounters happen all the time. My invitation for all of us as a little spiritual exercise this week is just with great intentionality to watch for that moment when it comes. And maybe it's just a little kick in the backside, but honor that moment because there's a lot in there. And even if you can't do it in real time, give some reflection or prayer. There's one way we learn God's ways, and really it's the only way. That's in and through encounter. With God, yes, but very often with one another.